Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. This is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Rise, and it feels so freaking fantastic to be back leading off the show. I guess you guys missed my voice, so I'm uh, I'm appeasing to the crowd, the most popular of the two here, Roz. I'm coming in hot today. Let me come in hot, because there's a lot going on in sports. And this is might be the only thing me and you are able to agree on, is that we're in a great time for sports, right? Everything is going on right now, right? Oh, I thought, I thought you were just going to take everything. I didn't even think I needed to be here. I just wanted you to agree with me on like the first aspect and only aspect of this show you might agree with me on. Nah, I don't know if I'd say everything's happening. I mean, everything happening is um, it's football October. going on, baseball. Yeah, for an NBA fan right now, might be the the golden era with if you like a little little sprinkle of baseball in NHL. But I mean, for me, it's a hundred percent like October. Awesome. But since I wanted to bring up October and the NFL season as is already, schedules came out today. It's schedule day. And this is, once again, a time during the year where it proves to be that America has chosen its sport it loves. I mean, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, even the Olympics at least or releases its schedules. And people are like, eh, all right, whatever. If you're a diehard Cubs fan, maybe you check out who they're playing 162 times that season. But when the NFL schedule comes out, you're on your phone scanning wondering what's going to happen this season and the gods the gods are making a point let's talk we're going to talk a little nfl here for a second gods are making a point okay aaron Rodgers is given is being given the task of becoming the greatest athlete of any sport ever this year they're putting him on the toughest schedule i've seen of any nfl team they're going to play seattle they're going to play by the way which is on the road they're going to they're going to play in new england they're going to come to LA they're going up against the Falcons they have the Eagles they've got everybody they don't have the Eagles I just wanted to fucking throw that in there pardon my French anyways they're going through one of the hardest schedules I've ever seen and at the end of it at the very end of it Xander Aaron Rodgers will be the Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl champion that we know he is and he'll be the greatest athlete in any sport ever period end of discussion Oh, I don't even know what to say to that. When's the last time Aaron Rodgers even sniffed the Super Bowl? About 10 years ago? 2011. It was a glorious win over the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it cemented Aaron Rodgers' legacy as a Hall of Famer, and now he's just adding on to it. He's just passing up other people now. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, 20, 
what is it, probably about 20 straight years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and two Super Bowls, like, eh, good. But, you know, nothing nothing spectacular. I think you have to agree with me there. It has been an interesting run. I mean, you, you have gotten your one Super Bowl each from both quarterbacks, but, I mean, it might have even been longer. When, when was Brett Favre the starting QB for the Packers? Starting in 95, wasn't it? 92, and I understand. Okay, so 26 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play in two Super Bowls. Yeah, I will go out on a, yeah. on a limb and say that our defense has not been the most spectacular of all time and has been more pressure on our quarterbacks. And I know Peyton Manning can attest to this as well as he wasn't always a Super Bowl champion and arguably is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Defense plays a big factor. We had some bad decisions made on the coaching end, on the general manager end. I've seen some of the worst losses in the history of the NFL. And there, there was a slight Cubs curse on the Packers. Let me just be real about that. I mean, if you go back to that Seattle onside kick, that's the year they're going to win the Super Bowl. They went 15-1. and one. They lose to the first round of the Giants on an unbelievably awful game. There's a lot going on in this world. And there is some bad karma come playoff time for the Packers. But it ends this year. Aaron Rodgers has pl- paid his dues in terms of broken collarbones. He is ready to play a whole healthy season, win MVP, win Super Bowl MVP, and become the next Super Bowl champion. Hmm. But other notes, <laughs> just real quickly, we got the Eagles starting the whole season off against the Atlanta Falcons. And where that's interesting to me, I'm hoping to be a Julio, Giants, Julio Jones guy this year. I don't know why. I'm early fantasy drafting in my mind. Julio Jones, I think, is going to have a breakout year. I think this Atlanta Falcons team is poised to uh, – to prove that they're not a dud, they weren't a one Super Bowl and bust like the Carolina Panthers, and they play in a very excellent division. So I, I'm very excited for that first game. I'm ready for Carson Wentz haters to start coming up when he loses the first game, and they want Nick Foles back on the field. It'll be an interesting year. Let me just put it out at that. Yeah, it will be an inter- interesting year, and I don't know if I'm not really that high in the Falcons anymore. I don't, I don't think they're that great. Um, you know, they did make the Super Bowl, and they did come back with a, a playoff berth last year which I, I thought they weren't going to get but yeah tough division and I don't know if Julio Jones is going to have a breakout year I mean he, when you're one of the top three receivers in football it's kind of hard to say you're going to break out <laughs> I just but, think he's going to put a Calvin Johnson year in the books 1800 16 touchdowns eh, I don't know he could I mean he's not exactly Mr. Touchdown and he's got to stay healthy but that's what's got to change they got to Matt Ryan's got to figure that out he's freaking as tall as can be and how do you not just post him up in the red zone you know yeah, I mean, you know, Calvin Johnson was uh, quite quite a sight to see. And it's kind of funny, like, thinking about Calvin Johnson was only 6'4", and he looked like he was, like, 6'10 on the field. But then you kind of think of the NBA, he'd be like, a, be like a guard. Wouldn't even notice him on the court. But football, a completely different story. Um, so, yeah, there was your uh, lead off of the show for Roz. Brought up the Packers and Julio Jones in a time when we've got NBA playoffs. MLB going on, college football, <laughs> spring training. Can't like, deny the, college football. the importance um, of NFL scheduling day and how and, hyped and, and up I get. got the NFL draft, which is coming up very soon. But the schedule, I guess, took precedent this week. It does. Over all of that stuff. It reminds you that there's a sport in the universe that is so important to my day-to-day life that on this day, it's like uh, it's the first day of Passover, and there's only one day of Passover. So Not a, Football offseason, I don't like it. Don't need it. What do you mean? You're, you claim to be a big football fan. I am. Football I love football drives, during drives the season. excitement. No, it's not because the actual season is so exciting. The off season, don't need it. Basketball off season, different story. 
Baseball, a little bit of a different story. Football, I don't need it. Don't care about the schedule right now. The draft is a little bit exciting because you got the Browns up there, and they're always they're not making things happen, but they're always doing something that makes you shake your head. I actually did read something today. There was a report that they're considering taking two quarterbacks in the first round, and they do have the number one and the number four picks. Um, just saw it on That's- CBS, and funny funny story, the Cowboys. I don't remember, but it was back in the 80s. They took Troy Aikman and another quarterback in the first round, and they ended up trading that other guy for a first, second, and third round pick. And with Troy Aikman, they ended up winning three Super Bowls. So it's I was going to say, before. maybe not the worst decision in Browns history because I, I, I think it's I think it'd be completely stupid. But but you just you just told the Cowboy story right there. What yeah, if but they I mean, take it's, it's, it's a different they, league now. They so minimize have, the bus potential. Yeah. I I think it's it's very stupid. Look at what the Redskins. We, although they don't have Kirk Cousins anymore, but like, it how, kinda, how did that work out for the Redskins? <laughs> not how, great. How many playoff I mean, wins? Zero. Okay. I mean, I don't get me wrong, but at least they like weeded out Robert Griffin the third faster than had they not had Kirk Cousins there. And now you have the opportunity to have Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. And but what are you gonna do? Are you gonna split time with them? We're gonna pull a. Uh, Pull a little high school quarterback. Just play a play half bit. each. What, what does Cleveland have to lose? They've won one game in two years. I, I mean, they should almost be disallowed from the NFL, but that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm or AMFM247.com. We'll be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are we are going into a new sport. Xander wasn't a big fan of the NFL. I get hyped about the NFL. I mean, let me explain real quick before we talk about the NBA. The Packers to me are more important oh, than Jesus probably my with first, the second, my first, second, and third born child. I'll still probably enjoy the Packers more than my children. Anyways, let's get to the NBA because my second favorite athlete of all time, Dwayne the Never Aging Wade, comes out there. What was, smacks what was that Ben nickname? Simmons. Dwayne, the never-aging Wade, comes out there, smacks Ben Simmons in the face, puts up 21 in the first half, tells everybody, hey, Miami Heat's still here to hang around. They're playing a close game right now. I know we're recording here on a Thursday, so we could break some news to you. It's a one-point game at the end of the third quarter. I don't know. I think that this was needed. This is a 76ers team that was getting a little too hot for their britches. You got Joel Embiid thinking that he is the be-all, end-all, and he's being babied. I mean— Here's my thought on this. I don't know if you saw this, Xander, but Joel Embiid, little Instagram rant. That's where he hangs out most of it, or spends most of his time is on Instagram, yep. posting all these obnoxious things that are not important. And he thinks he's being baby. Now, I would say so if it were minor injuries his entire career, but the guy missed almost his first two full seasons of the NBA and then missed half of the season last year. And they just broke something in his face. I mean, this guy is born to be injured constantly. So I don't know if he's being babied, but... This guy can't stay on the court to save his life, and I think the 76 are just trying to play it safe. And they needed to lose that game to be reminded that they are the Philadelphia 76ers, and they're still in a process that this will not be their year, and they're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, I mean, Embiid, I mean, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to see the guy ever staying on the court. I mean, always something wrong. Like you said, basically missed the first two years of his career, and... 
Gotta be honest, I haven't been haven't been real up to date on my NBA playoffs, but I think the 76ers still take this series. I mean, Dwayne Wade, like you said, turn back the clock in game two. Um, I think Philadelphia is just a better team, and I love what Ben Simmons is doing and what he's done this entire year. I mean, guy guy is a bona fide superstar, and you know if Embiid can maybe stay healthy for the rest of this playoff run, maybe they make a little noise, but. Like I said, I don't think this is really their year, but I mean they've they've done a lot. The process, I'm I guess I'll trust it a little bit for now, but you know <laughs> have un- trust it. until like. Joel Embiid can you know play like a stretch of twenty or thirty games without just eh, you know he's he's fine. Then then I'm I'm not going to really trust it entirely because the guy like this season it was like every other night it was like ah he's he might play he's his back hurts like his leg hurts it's ridiculous. Sounds like you with the back injury. Yeah, man. Except I'm not. I don't complain about it all the time. Fair. You're not a complainer. While we stay in the East, I do agree. I think the 76ers do pull this out, breaking my heart and maybe ending Dwayne Wade's career, as there is rumors he's going to retire, which will result in me tearing up and crying, much as like I did when Derek Jeter played his final game. But Toronto proving me wrong. Boston proving me wrong. Both up 2-0. Mm-hmm. And in pretty much convincing fashion, Toronto's first game was a little closer than anticipated. What I'm hearing out of Washington is just brutal. It Nobody likes each other in Washington. I, this is a team that's going to blow up. And it's a team that's needed to blow up probably for the last five years. They've been stagnant, haven't really changed anything uh, about I, them. I disagree. I mean, when they drafted Bradley Beal, I, I thought that might have been their next leg up. But they've been... They haven't really gotten over the hump. And with Otto Porter having an unbelievable year, I mean, you thought that they might be trending in the right direction, but I think everything going on with John Wall and that team, first of all, I don't think they're good enough to get anywhere really, but I think it's going to blow up now if not if not next year. They just don't like each other. Yeah. It's just like there's no camaraderie in the locker room. And like how do you play on a team where you don't like something? Like, yes, that'll happen. You well, don't like it, everybody it is, you work it is with. A but business. this just seems like – It is a business. I, I know, but it doesn't even seem like there just isn't Jordan? a flow on the court. I mean, I don't know. I So I'm eating my words on that one for sure. Toronto will most likely finish up this series without a problem. What's interesting to me is this Milwaukee team. And part of my take, if anybody listens to that show who listens to this, put it best, Milwaukee is playing Tony Snell. They have an accountant, per se, as a head coach. And... They just aren't a team that looks prepared to come into a postseason and try to compete. I mean, Boston's without their top two players, but Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown are really putting this team on their back. I mean, that's what's even scarier for me looking down the road, that these players are the players that are picking up this Boston team. I mean, they will meet their maker when it comes to the next round, which will most likely be against the Philadelphia 76ers. But this young talent is so good. Jalen Brown is living up to expectations. Jason Tatum is still a rookie and still contributing at such a high level. I mean, you add Kyrie and Gordon Hayward both, if they can be healthy, that's a really good Eastern Conference team, especially since you won't have to worry about LeBron being in the East anymore when he goes West. So this Boston team can rattle off a certain amount of um, championship appearances in a row. Yeah, I mean— this was really, I thought, the year for the Boston Celtics because with the addition of Kyrie and then Hayward, thought they were really going to make a run. But, I mean, they've, they've been playing some great basketball through the first few games of this series. And I agree with you. Milwaukee just, I mean, game one, OT, pretty good game. But, I don't know, just don't see it out of them. Um, Boston, you know, 
it's exciting now, but I, they're just going to come up short. Um, and I don't know. It, if it, I don't know if it's going to be against LeBron. It probably will be. But I, I don't I think just, they get past the 76ers. I, uh, but I just love this young team. I just kind of like that idea that this team isn't run by Kyrie Irving. You, This is a team that is going to be run by multiple players and a lot of star power on that team. I know Kyrie wants to be the lone wolf there, but it won't really be the case. And then Giannis, five-star player. It's tough to watch. I don't really know how to solve Milwaukee's problem. I know Eric Bledsoe wasn't the answer. Jason Terry playing as many minutes as he's been playing isn't the answer. It's tough. I mean, there just isn't a lot around Giannis, and I know if you are the number one best player in the world, like LeBron James, you're able to carry a team, but Giannis isn't really there yet in his career, and they're getting beat by a very injury-plagued Boston Celtics team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Giannis is a great player, but yeah, I don't know if he's in that LeBron, Kevin Durant caliber when it comes to most important stuff which is the playoffs but I mean I don't want to really judge him on that yet I mean it's hard with the, the team around him but I mean look at a guy like LeBron has taken many a crappy team much farther than they should have ever gotten but you know I'm, I'm not going to shut the door on the Bucks. I mean you can always build around a player like Giannis on a Um but this is not you know the team he has around him right now um, really disappointing to me also that Jabari Parker has never been able to stay healthy because I thought he was going to be pretty damn good player and, and he is a good player but can never stay on the court and you know this team it's just kind of like a revolving door of these very mediocre guys and you know it didn't work out with Jason Kidd and you know I just don't see this Bucks team ever being really more than like a five or six seed in the east and it's getting anywhere fair let's let me do a take it easy type moment for ESPN, CBS Sports, pretty much every sports outlet that isn't part of my take in us. <laughs> I understand Victor Oladipo and the Indiana Pacers beat LeBron in game one. Totally get that. Totally fine. But for the outrage and the outcry of all of these outlets, and it happens to two players particularly, Tom Brady and LeBron James, any ounce of like doubt that can be created, such as this first game loss it's like his career is over they were talking about that this is the beginning of the fall of lebron james unless he goes and does what kevin durant did and join a championship team which he might do but lebron was not done he had a triple double in that first game he's playing on one of to me one of the worst teams he's played on since those booby gibson days he then comes out in game two and puts up one of the best performances i've ever seen from a guy who i say that about almost every time he takes the court He put up 20 points in the first quarter, 29 in the first half, finished with 46 points, 12 rebounds and five assists. The guy's a freaking monster, and he's still going to take this team to the NBA Finals this year. So what? They had a loss. I know the Bulls took game one against him in Miami a couple times. He's probably going to finish this series. So LeBron James is the best of all time, and it's just clear that when he needs to score, he'll go do it. I'm going to cut you off right there. First of all, take it easy for that LeBron um, best of all time. And second of all, take it easy for telling all the news outlets to take it easy because that's their job. They write about the news. I mean, whether it's, whether it's a real story or not, what else are they going to write about? I mean, everybody wants to, you you read the article about LeBron possibly not beating the Pacers. So, I mean, they did their job. Everybody knows it's not a big deal if they lost the first game like they did to the Bulls, but it's the news. Come on. You're part of the media. You got to know this stuff. But in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. I'm going to put a quick snippet on Roz there until next segment, and we'll be back after the break. 
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up? Everybody who supports LeBron James, this segment is for you. We're going to get to the Western Conference, but I'm not backing out on this LeBron thing because it is absolutely ridiculous because now all of a sudden these news outlets who were so scared he was going to lose to the Pacers. And thank you for the ad. That ad hopefully was in support of Nike or any LeBron. part of the show. It just has to be part it's, of it now. No more rewinding for ads. I'm tired of being on CBS and having to mute my computer because then I can't hear Roz. So that I'm putting my foot down. The show is going to have to live with the occasional ad pop-up because when I need to read something. And we're not making during, any money, so it's unfair. It's when I need better ad to read people. something during the show, when I need a news update, I'm going to open another tab. I am no longer going to pause. I'm just going to let everybody know that if they hear a noise in the background because I'm reading something. I'm trying to make the show a little better, trying to bring a little more insight. And, yeah, this is just my rant that I'm tired of CBS with the ads. I'm tired of it. I unfortunately, just you weren't it. able to bring great insight on the LeBron train because you were back, You were trying to shut me down on this. He is going to take this well, team. Did, He's going to look did fantastic. You he didn't shut me down. The news outlets are now back on my side that LeBron is the best player of all time, Eastern Conference champion already, blah, 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 blah. You can't flip-flop. You got to know where he is. He can lose the game and still be the man. But that's all I have to say about LeBron. Let's go to the West, and on a, on a really sad note, because we're going to discuss the West, and this is where sports are super important in the world, but you have to understand it is sports, it is a game, um, and that family and people in general are just so much more important. So Greg Popovich, his wife, passed away this week, and it's really, really sad. This is a man who has, in my eyes, been the best coach of all time in the NBA. I know I'm doing a lot of best of, and I just deep, sincere apologies. Obviously, he doesn't listen to the show, but I want to put it out there. Kevin Durant saying really kind words, and that's really where you you don't look at him as a villain anymore. There's no more villains in life or death, and Kevin Durant really had some honest words that were great and fantastic, and uh, really, you can root for him as a person uh, based on that. But let's get into it. the Warriors are the team they are. They're the best team in basketball right now. They're up 2-0 on the Spurs. And people are still denying the ability that this Warriors team has, even without Steph Curry. They're worried that Curry might miss more time and not be ready until the final or Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals. I think this is still an NBA final. I think this is an NBA championship team still without Curry. I, I, I don't even think it's a question. I mean, if you think about it, you know, and they won three... Three years ago, um, you know, it was an NBA championship team without KD. So you basically look right. at your flop and KD for Steph. And who thinks better? I, Who's the better player? I think KD is overall a little right. better. I mean, not, I mean they're, they're both unbelievable shooters. Um, 
but I, you know, I've been on the KD train for about a year. I'd say almost, almost two years now. I was saying he was the best player in the NBA about midway through last year. So, and I stuck, I stuck with it and he came up clutch in the finals. I know he's on the Warriors. I know he's playing with what was already the best team in the NBA, but didn't back down from the spotlight. I'm going to give him credit for that. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I do think he's the best player in the NBA and could definitely carry this team to a finals. But I'm still sticking to my Houston Rockets. I think they showed pretty good poise coming up with 12 points from James Harden in Game 2 and still being able to run the Timberwolves out of the gym. Pretty embarrassing loss for them, I have to say. I, you're, but you just said it right there. How many points did James Harden have? 12. Cool. And I understand that he had an amazing first game, which was a close game that they won in the final minutes of the game. There is a difference to this Rockets team. They're like the Washington Capitals of the postseason. I mean, if you have been watching anything, Alexander Ovechkin will never win. That was talking hockey. He's just a different player, James Harden. He just, in the postseason, he just isn't there to win. Obviously, they're up 2-0 on the Timberwolves said that said that about KD until, until he won. So I yeah, think, but yeah, James Harden then needs to go leave and go play somewhere else. Maybe no, I th- go play. I think it's gonna. This is gonna be the year. James Harden, yeah. he's gonna beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. He's gonna beat LeBron in the in the NBA championship. Calling uh, it. You're so wrong. It just hurts me to say. Like the Timberwolves are not a ready team. I know they have got Jimmy Butler who has a playoff experience, but they have too many kids. Yeah, they're gonna get swept. You know, like they should against the you know future NBA champions. Nah, it's just it. Uh, you saying that is like sticking a knife into my heart. It's, I mean, I don't even know why I care so passionately about this. It's just they're not going to get past these Warriors. I just don't know where people become blinded. This is what is the most amazing part about script writing in the NBA. When they script out their season to create all this entertainment, all this drama and everything, they really got fans lost in the idea that the Warriors are going to lose, that they can't beat this this Rockets team. That, that, was the just, only, that was the only way to keep like the average fan just sane. Because I think I, I kind of forgot about the Warriors this year, and I, I, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of great things going on in the NBA. Look, you know, some young teams like the 76ers and the Timberwolves. The Houston Rockets were a great story. I mean, How like, important is the regular season, though, to it, this it, Warriors team? What else do they have to prove? No, it's not. But it was, it was refreshing to kind of forget about them because I remember the season before was just like I felt like I was in a trance until the NBA Finals because – there was nothing good going on in the NBA, in my opinion. And the Warriors just just cakewalked the entire league, and they had a pretty good year this year. But there was a lot of other good stories that I thought made the NBA, which I usually hate pretty passionately. It was it was a little bit enjoyable this year. I mean, you had some good stories. Celtics losing Hayward on the first night, ending up having a pretty good year without him. Um, and he, he just had some new teams kind of come into the mix, and it just it made for a better storyline rather than just the Warriors being the dominant team that they have been for the past four years. Fair. I mean, the storylines, they just finally took the news outlets a little bit off of this Warriors team. Let's talk about the other parts of the West. I mean, Portland's down 0-2 to Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans. And to me, this is the whole idea where Anthony Davis commands attention, said that this was going to be a championship contending team with DeMarcus Cousins, and he's doing it. He went on the road and beat this Trailblazers team twice. And this is a team that Lillard and McCollum did struggle the first two games. And I I just think that this Pelican seems better than most people believe. Rajon Rondo has a second lease on life. I think he's been a very integral part of this team. Rondo 
is one of the starting point guards or one of the starting guards for this Pelicans team. And then Drew Holiday has been absolutely fantastic as well. This is an interesting Pelicans team that they can keep DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know how far it'll end up taking them, but up 2-0, I think they're going to close out this series and then take on the Golden State Warriors. And then on the other side of it, we got Oklahoma City versus Utah. Utah just escaping with a win the other night. It's 1-1 in this series. Oklahoma City has the Carmelo problem. It's just, can they win with Carmelo? Can Carmelo get out of the first round? And that's something we're going to have to see. And if they can, who knows? Maybe Paul George and Russ can outscore this Houston Rockets team. I don't know. I mean, it, they're playing a daunt. Their matchup with the Jazz is the worst matchup they'll have in this postseason until they meet the Warriors again. But the Thunder can compete with an offensive-based team, and that is what the Rockets are. They're struggling against the best defensive team in the country. Um so we'll see. I th- hopefully the Ro- or Thunder can pull this out. And then I'm even willing to say the Thunder will beat the Rockets in the next round. Wow. Um, I'm going to say that the Jazz are going to beat the Thunder. Um, Donovan Mitchell still doing it. Uh, 1-1 right now, you know, as we sit here on Thursday night. I know that they're, they just started game three. But I like the Jazz. But either of these two teams don't really care that much about, don't think they're going to make any noise. I agree with, you know, the Thunder, Carmelo. It's just it's not going to happen was never a big three, is never going to be, um, you know, as good as what Russ Westbrook is. And I think as underrated as Paul George is, the Thunder team has no chance, no chance to beat the Rockets if they Uh, even get past the first round. That is something we'll have to see, my friend. And your love for the Rockets is what's going to fuel me on this show. I'm just going to come in week in and week out. It's not a love for the Rockets. I want to be very clear. It's just an understanding that I think this is finally their year. Ugh, it's just so wrong. It's like your, it's like most of your picks ever on the show. It's just so so wrong. I mean, wow. I, Harden, I don't even think Harden should be MVP. So, like, who do you Stephen think should be MVP? number one? You know exactly who should be MVP. A guy whose team got completely flipped. A guy who put up numbers bettering his statistics career wise. Higher field goal percentages, higher higher points, higher assist and rebound averages. It's ridiculous that Just LeBron sound, is an MVP every year. I about to say, and he it should have been like James Harden to me. Sounds like James Harden, really? Because like James, James Harden. Harden, who literally just is the only person on the team that scores, the only guy who pulls up and shoots threes, who makes a mockery out of how many shots he takes in a game. LeBron James, not until last night, not until game two of this postseason, needed to put up 46 points. And when he needed to put up points to show that who he is, he went and did it. Other than that, he's posting triple doubles left and right. He heard that Russ Westbrook's his triple double master. Doesn't matter. I'm LeBron James. I'm going to go put up a certain number on my own, averaging it through the month of March. It's ridiculous. He is easily and by far and away should be MVP because he also doesn't have a Chris Paul. He also doesn't have that Rockets team that everyone thinks is so good. He's playing, with, like I said, with one of the worst teams he's played with ever. All right, all right, fair, fair. You heard her. Ah, uh, look at that. You didn't even. You didn't even say no. You didn't, I mean, not even a no. Not even like yeah, a. When the Rockets win the NBA Finals and beat LeBron, it just then then I'll then I'll spout off on you. But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us: LibertyTalk.fm or AMFM247.com. We will be back after the break with some MLB. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's only fitting that I will finish leading off every single segment and lead off with Witch's 
favorite sport to talk about, we're going to talk about baseball because I know Wits is the power ranking master, the man who <laughs> reads nothing but the power rankings. But we're going to talk. We're going to talk players, statistics, and what the general feel is around Major League Baseball. Not so much what ESPN or CBS has to tell me about baseball. Right now, I am a little concerned. Totally fair to be concerned with the rate the Cubs are going. Cubs are eight and eight this season. They're fourth in the NL Central. It's a little bit tough, but it, there's a lot of time left. But I want to talk about players before we get into specific teams. I came on this show, and Xander, you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can also agree with me when I say what I'm about to say. I came on this show to start the Major League Baseball season, and I said one thing. Bryce Harper will be MVP this year. There is not a question in my mind that I'm already giving him the award. Leading the league in home runs, leading the league in RBIs, the guy puts a team on his back carries them for nine innings and a sport that is so team oriented that you don't have to single out an individual it is the Bryce Harper show in the NL let it be known he is right now the 2018 MVP so let me get this straight is this the same Bryce Harper show that has the Nationals in fourth place in their division under 500 behind the likes of the Braves and the Phillies is that are we watching the same movie Yes, I'm just trying. Now, to, let me tell I, you. I, I just wanted let me to know. You, I wasn't sure. That's this is where the team. This is where the team aspect. Because I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, because I thought it was all about him. When you look the at the amount of back. runs, when you look at the amount of runs that he has produced for his team, it then it falls back upon the pitching that has been oh, the problem okay. for this team. So he's okay. And right. Bryce Harper can't pitch. Bryce Harper once pitched. In fact, he pitched against our boy Chris Bryant. And if the Nationals were willing to call upon him to pitch, I'm sure he wouldn't have given up 11 runs, dash, let alone eight runs in a single inning against the New York Mets. It is ridiculous. The pitching is the only thing that Bryce Harper cannot contain or contribute to. Happens, that is why they're pitching losing. Pitching happens to be a yeah. pretty big part of the game. Last time I checked, I don't know. I don't know it if you're really into baseball, but a pretty big part. But of as the a game. pitcher, the, your favorite thing as a pitcher is when your team produces runs for you. So and so. Bryce Harper producing early runs for you this year, hitting home runs in the first four innings of most games this season. Let me just tell you. Yeah, sabermetrics, baby. Let me just tell you. He is by far and away clear the MVP, and his team needs to start pitching because Wits, the holy pitch whisperer, was telling me all about the importance of pitchers in fantasy baseball and all about the importance of pitchers. Clayton Kershaw has been great for you. Max Scherzer, yes, has had dominating performances, but also it has been a dud. Corey Kluber, dotting a little bit, did have a great outing, of course, against me, but it's only karma. It's funny you bring that me. up because all those three guys you just mentioned have sub two ERAs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a real quick fact check there with you hey, spouting off. You just you brought up the pitching. wins and loss category. Clayton Kershaw starts the year with two losses. No, 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 no. See, now you're trying to spin the argument. I was talking about the team, no, the national. You're talking about you're, you're talking about Bryce Harper losses. putting the team on his back. They're under Which 500. They're nine and ten. They're fourth place in the division behind the New York Mets. I said I was going to win the World Series. The Braves and the Phillies. Gabe Kapler and the Phillies. You're against the Kepler, but he's he's been doing all right. Now, no, I am not other, against him. I'm just saying from after that other start. Than the, and then other the, the, than pitching, the that pitching I, wins and losses, I mean, you're talking about Bryce Harper has nothing to do with the pitching. Well, Clayton Kershaw has nothing to do with him going out there for four outings, having a 180 ERA, and his team not scoring any runs for him. So same, argu- the bat, at least. Sa- same argument here. Um, I don't know. So I don't you know can, how you call those three guys. Joe Atani can take care of both things, pitch and hit. Well, he had a, had a little rough, rough yeah, outing. A little rough outing for Otani. He did have a rough a last outing. A little blister. Um, let me, 
Let's uh, let's just go through some of the numbers. Some of the uh, your boy Manny Machado not starting slow like he did last year. He is on a bad Orioles team, so there's no talk of MVP there. But two home runs on Thursday, another two home run performance, his second of the year. This guy is uh, he's doing this for he's proven a point here. It, whether it's going to come at the trade deadline or he's signing with the Yankees in next uh, next February, Manny Machado is on the move and he's going to be a dominant fixture to whatever team he becomes a part of. And let's talk about now that we can hop back into teams. Let's talk about your uh, your AL Central, your picks, the teams that you think that all are going to be there to be fighting at the end. We got the White Sox at four and eleven, beautiful record. We got the Kansas City Royals at three and thirteen, really competing very hard this year. You got Detroit seven and nine, so not totally out of it yet. But what's going on with your bottom two teams there that you thought had a had a real opportunity to compete at the top of this division? First of all. Let's get our facts straight again. I have never said anything good about the Royals. I was very high on the Sox and the Tigers. Sox have been bad. They have a horrible run differential. Have not been pitching the ball well. Could, could have seen that happening. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. But we're only, we're only 16, 15 games into the season. But meanwhile, you got a dogfight between the Twins, the Tigers, and the Indians right now. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say I was completely right on what the division's doing, but I wouldn't say I'm completely wrong yet. And give me a couple more weeks to play out. Maybe the Sox get a little hot. Indians fall off a little. And you know what? I, I still think this is going to be a dogfight. I don't think... I don't really think the Indians have gotten hot either. They haven't. I, mean, I didn't say they've gotten hot. I just, I just don't think this division is as good as you're saying. I mean, I'm looking at an AL West where you've got the I Angels. I didn't say it was good. I said it's going to be a dogfight. And Cleveland, going into the season, I think you could have made a very easy case that they were the best team in the AL. I think you, if we could fact check this and go back in time, I think you said that the AL Central will be interesting, not only because the word dogfight you keep using, but that they will be very good teams coming out of this, making it a very dominant division. What did you, what did you script the show six weeks ago? Are you reading off a script? I'm reading off a script. <laughs> nice. Nice, because yep. yeah, peep, our our show gets scripted. Somebody types out every word. You can tra- you can transcribe anything these days. The internet is one powerful, powerful place. But tell me, tell me what's what's grinding your gears in Major League Baseball, or tell me what's uh, piquing your interest in Major League Baseball, since I've already rattled off what I cared to mention. All right, well, what's piquing my interest is the Boston Red Sox starting off at a robust fifteen and two plus sixty run differential, just annihilating teams. Um, David Price. Has been a very delightful surprise this year. Um, I think is going to be a major key in their success. Toronto Blue Jays playing some angry baseball. Second place right now in the AL East. Um, Yankees. Angry baseball. Um, you know what? I know it's super early, but I mean, you get down into like a ten-game hole very early in the season, and you know, that, I think that starts to wear on you a little bit. So I'm not going to throw up the challenge flag on the Yankees yet, but. That bullpen, which I thought was going to be the best in Major League Baseball by a long shot, has been brutal. It's been terrible. They're going to need to figure that out. Went over the AL Central already. AL West, Angels, very exciting right now. I know all the talk has been about Shohei Otani, who came up with two very good first two starts. Had a rough third start against the Red Sox. Um, You know, Got pulled after, I think it was two and a third. Had a blister on his finger. So, I mean, the guy is still extremely exciting he's been knocking the cover off the ball and he's going to start he's going to continue to dh for them but i think that'll be interesting division um you know houston 
You know, is the perennial favorite to win the World Series again. You got some interesting teams with Seattle, um, who is just, it seems like that team that can never really get over the hump, but they do have some talent. And you look at Seeger, Cruz, and Cano. Cano is having an awesome year. The A's, I mean, they're 9 and 10 right He's now. He's having an awesome year? Robinson Cano. Can you say that just one more time? Robinson Cano. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Texas. We're totally against them to start the Texas season. Texas stinks. Um, we got about one minute left. NL Central, exciting. Pittsburgh playing out of their minds. Gregory Polanco making an early case for for an MVP run. I know we already talked about Bryce, but this Pirates team is in first place. And also, the NL West, um, Dodgers struggling, Giants struggling, Colorado and Arizona playing pretty good baseball. Um, a lot of things to be excited about right now in the major leagues. I think you got a lot of good races going on. And, of course, you got the New York Mets at 13-4, second-best record in the major leagues. So I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I got. Ten seconds left. You Sounds like final a good thoughts? show. I mean, hey, you're looking forward to the Major League Baseball season. I'm ready for the NFL already. So that's what we got from today's show. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We will be back next week with a little talk about the NFL draft, and we're also going to cover NBA playoffs and more MLB. Catch you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.